Today we're talking about Black Muse from Hit and Run Phase 2, recorded on the 11th of March 2010, uh, and then with additional recording on the 19th of March 2010 at Paisley Park, and released finally on the 12th of December 2015. Uh, on the track we have the uh, Welcome to America unreleased album band, which is Prince, John Blackwell, the MPG Horns, and still there from uh, their duties on 2010, you have Shelby, Liv, and Elisa. Uh, the track is 7 minutes 21, although if you listen to this on Tidal, for some reason it's 3 minutes 15. <laughs> I don't know why they did that, but there you go. And joining me to talk about today is Victor Azevedo. Hello, Victor. Hey, Darren. Now, as this is your uh, final appearance, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, as I've been doing with every guest, uh, we'll have to talk a little bit about Prince's death. Mm. Uh, you know, can you recall, you know, uh, hearing about it or, you know, you know, your impact, you know, the impact it had or, you know, basically the events around, uh, you know, Prince uh, dying? Yeah, like I, I do remember it because it happened overnight in, in Australia so like i was working early so it was basically i was in the shower listening to a podcast and then my phone beeped and i went who the hell you know who the hell who the hell's smsing me at like texting me at you know six o'clock in the morning that's crazy what's going on so then basically grab the phone i'll finish up take the shower grab the phone look at it it's my mate like a guy i've known since jesus guy since since primary school and he's like the words are Prince has just died. It's like, just looking at it, what? <laughs> looking at the phone, just thinking, what the hell's going on? And then basically rushed into the lounge room, turned on the TV to see the news, and it was all over the news. I was like, how? It was just, like, we, it was just, it just came out of the clear blue sky. It's kind of like the, like the Bowie thing was, like, because it was the same year, of course, it was only a few months apart. The Bowie thing was a surprise, but Bowie was a little older. But this thing was just like, how? It's like Prince had, you know, been in Australia like maybe two or three months beforehand. He was in Australia in February. And um, it was just like, how? How did this happen? And then I just remember going into work and then talking to someone about it. And I was getting messages like emails from mate, friends that, you know, I've known for ages or, you know, one or two were Prince fans and other guys who knew I was a Prince fan. And it's like, and then all of a sudden it was the reason behind it was just incredible. Like, it was that thing where I'm trying to think how I'm gonna say this. This is the, like this. He's pretty much the first person, the first band or first performer I actually got into when I was a kid. So like Purple Rain came out was when I was 12 or 12 or 13, and that's you know they, there's that weird theory that goes around that basically the music you hear at 14 is pretty much the musical you know that's your music, and that's pretty much true of this. So the thing is, too, that it was one of those things where, he, like, he would come in and out of my life all the time. So he would, you know, you know, he'd have a run of albums that were really great, then he would just stop. And then you just kind of lose him because, you know, 
his musical direction went one way, what I was listening to went another way, and then, but every once in a while, every couple of years, all of a sudden, it would just meet up, and then Prince would release a song, and it's like, wow, that's amazing, and then you'd get back into Prince again, start listening to that album, then starting to get the older albums, and it seemed like to happen every time, and like he'd only toured here in Australia, I think, one, about four times, I saw him three times, missed the fourth because he played at the Opera House, had a ticket in my hand to go see the piano and microphone tour and then balked because of the price because it was like $500 a ticket. And I just went, nah, I'm not paying $500 for a ticket. I'm going to wait until next year. I thought, he's going to be, I thought, Prince is going to be back in about two years' time. It'll be cheap. It'll be fine. Not a problem. And of course, you know, couple of months later that he just passed away and it's just it's yeah it still kind of freaks me out it's, it's, that he did passed away and it, it, you kind of look at this like this album and especially the th- you know the stuff we did with third eye girl and you kind of think there's so much potential there's so like you kind of think i just kind of re- i kind of wonder what prince is doing right now if he was still about like it's still be, like he'd still be doing his thing and he's still doing his weird stuff and you know He'd be maybe trying to do something a bit more modern, but still keeping what he has. But it's just it's it's the it's the potential that he could have had. Like he'd still be performing, he'd still be doing great things. But it just I don't know, it just seemed to go so quickly. And look, that that year was shit. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, I should swear. But that year was terrible. The amount of the amount of performers had passed away that year was incredible, and it just seemed. Like the Bowie thing happened a couple of minutes before, and that was just kind of out of the blue, and it's just like, and like I'm always never, a, I'm never really a Bowie fan, but it was that thing where he was always around, and it was one of those guys where you know I've listened to it enough on classic radio to to hear his stuff, and he just passed away, and then Prince passed away, and it's like, wow, so yeah, it's just I'm kind of yeah, it's just it's hard to talk about it, but it's just I don't know. It just kind of hit me, it just because it said it was just out of the blue, and like especially because the reason behind it. I just think, what Prince drugs? It's like, how is that possible? He's, you know, I remember describing to a friend at work. It's like, well, he doesn't drink, doesn't take drugs, and all this kind of stuff. And this happened. It's just, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, I did warn you I was going to meander. <laughs> Sorry, Tara, but yeah, it's, it, just hit, it just hit me so hard about it. And the good thing is, is like I've heard there's enough Prince fans out there in this kind of podcast and hear enough views and whatnot. But it's kind of re, re kind of energized my my feelings about Prince, so I'm kind of digging into the stuff that you know the stuff I knew, including the stuff that kind of disappeared or you know you had to ring a number to get <laughs> to buy. Now most of it's on Spotify, and you know if you want to listen to you know there's you know ways to listen to bootlegs now, which didn't happen, and it just like I just remember talking to a, a this was might have been maybe a month before Prince passed away. And um, a friend of mine's got a son who would have been about 13, 14 at that stage, who's like really heavily into guitar. And I was there outside with some friends having a chat to this kid, and it's like, and we're talking about guitarists. And then one of the someone turned around and said, "Oh, you should start listening to Prince." And it's like, Prince, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to listen to Prince. Prince is an amazing guitarist. You can do it. Listen to Prince." And then we kind of started chatting about it. And he goes, "Oh, can I hear any of your stuff?" Oh, okay. And we went to grab phones. He goes, "Well, it's not on YouTube." It's like the kid's like, "What?" It's like he's not on YouTube. It's like, "Why is he not on YouTube?" It's like it's Prince. 
He's on YouTube. He doesn't have to advertise. And that's kind of how Prince was. He was just Prince. You didn't have to, didn't have to, like every time he came to Australia, he would sell out. He'd sold so many shows in Australia. It was so hard to get tickets to go see him. And it said, look, I was lucky to see, lucky enough to see him three times. And they're all amazing. And it was just, yeah. And it's like, I remember the excitement the first time I got to see him uh, during the Diamonds and Pearls tour. And just, it was just, it was just pent up. It was just pent up anticipation. Like, you know, that was like 92 or 93. And I'd been, you know, listening to Prince since 84. It was so, yeah. It's like, as I said, I, I did warn I was going to meander. So, but yeah, it's just, it just hit me so hard. That's the problem. But yeah. Well, let's talk about Black Muse because it has an interesting kind of history. Uh, you know, the song didn't start as Black Muse. Instead, it was originally called A Thousand Light Years Away. Mm. That that song then you know was was recorded uh, you know on the eleventh of March, uh, two thousand ten, uh, as a thousand light years away, and and then later on in the same week, um, Prince uh, went back and you know added more to it, and it became Black Muse. Mm. Um, and I think if you're listening to the song, there's a very kind of obvious point at which the song is Black Muse. Mm-hmm. And then there's like about, I don't know, like a kind of minutes transition. And you get this kind of horn part that comes in about four minutes, 47. Mm. And the song turns into a thousand light years yeah. away. Like it, it it kind of, it's in the same key and everything. It's not like there's a, a key change or anything, but it's kind of the same type of song. But it goes from being Black Muse. Yeah. Um, and then Prince, you know, halfway through the song... Um, he stops saying the word Black Muse. Mm. Um, like, you know, in terms of, like, the, the lyrics and stuff, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff about, like, um, you know, Black Muse, uh, and it's kind of repeated quite a few, a few times. Mm. Um, and, you know, he kind of says, um, you know, a new day is dawn in Black Muse, a new day is dawn in Black mm. Muse. And that's effectively the end of Black Muse. Uh, obviously, on the title version, that's where the fade-out comes in. Yeah. And then the song like kind of transitions for about a minute, uh, where you know it's just kind of like an instrumental, effectively. And then the horns come in, mm. and then Prince changes and says, "You know, mm. now that I got your attention, I think it's about time I mention yeah. the reason I wrote this song." And then that turns into a thousand light years away. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know; it's kind of interesting because you know it's it's rare that Prince does this. You know, like I'm sure everyone can think of the songs where it feels like Prince has squashed two songs together. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, something like Three Chains of Gold, which feels like Prince has squashed seven different songs together. Yep. Um, <laughs> and here, it doesn't feel it like it, unless you're listening out for it, it doesn't feel like the song changes a huge amount. Mm. Um, you know, like the first half of the song, kind of by the time you get to the end of the, the song, you probably would think, well, that's a you know a bit of a journey. Mm. Um, from where they where we started, um, but by the end of it, you you kind of like have um, you know uh, kind of John Blackwell and the MPG horns kind of holding the whole thing together, um, and I think on the first half you mostly have like the background vocals from Shelby, Liv, mm. and Lisa, mm. and then in the second half you kind of don't have those vocals and Prince is singing changes a little bit, mm. and you know you kind of have the the kind of falsetto and stuff that kind of turns into Prince singing in his mid range, yeah. and like I don't know the it is it's kind of a subtle kind of change yeah. uh, but it's probably one of the reasons why this is you know like the you know the, the longest song on this album yeah. um, and also you know um, effectively the last kind of Prince song that's more than seven minutes long mm. is, uh, is this song and I think it's interesting that you know Prince didn't I don't know there's been times where Prince has done this where he's had two songs that are close to each other yeah. and instead of 
having them transition like this, he's split them into two separate songs mm. next to each other. Mm. I'm thinking, of course, of, um, you know, uh, if I was the man in your life and, uh, and the marrying kind, which are on um, Musicology, they are effectively two halves of the same song, uh, although apparently recorded about four years apart. Um, but in that particular case, Prince labels them as two different songs yeah. and you feel the change a lot harder than you do in this song. Mm. In this song, it just feel, it kind of creeps up on you and then by the end of the song, you realise you're in a completely different place to where you were at the start. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I know it's it's interesting because you know like the you know the MPG horns uh, are on like half of the tracks on this album, mm. and you know the reason for that is because you know Prince was recording a lot of stuff with them you know earlier in the decade, uh, including stuff that was going to be on an album called Welcome to America. Mm. Um, you know, which included just a thousand light years away, um, and a few other songs that haven't been released called Born to Die, Check the Record, Hot Summer, um, you know, Same Page, Different Books, Stand Up and Be Strong, uh, which is a, a cover of a Soul Asylum song, which is a weird thing for Prince to do, <laughs> uh, and a song called Welcome to America. Prince did the Welcome to America tour shortly after release in 2010, um, and then also When She Comes, which you know, obviously did find its way into phase, uh, phase two. And so, I don't know, it's, it's really weird because there's, there's this kind of album that Prince didn't release after 2010, but, uh, you know, only two of the songs found their way onto an album, and it turns out, you know, it was an album five years later almost, mm. um, which, I you know, I th- think is quite interesting. Um, and this also features, you know, probably one of the earliest, uh, you know, kind of recording sessions that Prince did with Andy Allo. Mm. Um, and then obviously, you know, he recorded quite a bit of stuff with her, uh, you know, around Artificial Age and, you know, some stuff on Phase 1 and also a couple of tracks on Phase 2 as well have uh, have got her on there. Um, but I don't think her, I don't think she's on this track or she's certainly not credited as being on this track. So I guess whatever she had done to, you know, A Thousand Light Years Away, yeah. um, you know, she, uh, you know, basically it, it didn't it didn't stay in the in the the full kind of mix. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I just find it interesting the kind of the transition. Like it's you know the whole the whole song is still this kind of like extended kind of like jazz funk song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is this very distinct transition from Black Muse into Thousand Light Years Away, yeah. and you know the lyrics from one, which you know the kind of a new day is dawning, Black Muse, mm. and um, you know. Uh, the whole kind of our mothers were good looking and our fathers were too, but if they don't stay together, you know, we can walk no better in these shoes. Yeah. Like all the sentiment of Black Muse is very much kind of like about, um, you know, the kind of history of Black America. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and kind of how I mean the whole kind of like you know trillion dollar bill and still no currency and mm. like yeah. this cut you know the kind of rock and roll and jazz you know you know surly people that created rhythm and blues you know, like, uh, we're built to last, like, this kind of, I don't know, kind of a positive message about the kind of history yeah. of black artists um, then turns into something completely different for the second half. But how do you feel yeah. overall about, you know, the, the start of Black Muse, the Black Muse half of Black Muse? Yeah, the, like, I like the actual Black Muse part more than the other part. The thing is, too, it's sort of political as well. Like, you talk about the history as well, but it's kind of political as well. And then, as you said, it does seem to transition but lyrically, it just takes this massive left-hand turn. Like, you know, you talk about, you know, talk about history, you talk about, like, it is kind of, it's not super political, but you can kind of, there is undertones. And then you talk about, then you switch over to something about UFOs being a thousand light years away. It just, it just, I don't know. 
it's just really weird. The, the first part I really, really like. The second bit I don't like as much. I don't know why, despite the fact that it's very similar and it doesn't change that much. But it just seems the kind of... I think we, we talked about in the, the, our last podcast where sometimes Prince has these songs that... Um, that he, you know, it he earns he earns the, the six minutes or whatever it is. So the song's about this long, it's worth that long. This song, I'm not too sure about that. It seems to kind of lose its way, which kind of makes sense when you smash two songs together, two and a half songs together. It just, like I said, I really like the first part, but the second part not as much. As I said, I think I kind of like the tone of the first one. It is a very kind of what's it a rollicking kind of jazz song so it's kind of just going at this nice little clip and then as i said you kind of look at the lyrics and as i said it is very political but then it just you know i, I was almost almost with that part where he talks about oh, what's that part again where he basically says oh you know uh something i wanted to mention to you right now and i always want to it's almost like he would almost do if this was the the mid 90s you would have done that as a rap like, I just feel he would have done it that way instead of doing it, just singing it. I can just see him going, hey, here, I'm here to say that da-da-da-da. He would have done that, <laughs> almost, if it was the 90s. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's interesting because, um, you know, the kind of the style of the song to me reminded me a lot of 70s Stevie Wonder. Um, and in particular, like the kind of A Thousand Light Years, you know, away from here, reminded me a bit of the... Stevie Wonder song Heaven is Ten Zillion Light Years Away um, and in that in that particular song Stevie Wonder talks about you know they say that Heaven is Ten Zillion Light Years Away um, and you know and, and he kind of talks about you know uh, but you know if there is a God we need him now and he's like where is your God also something that I love about that song is how Stevie Wonder does this kind of really weird kind of like low singing Um and then there is a kind of like spiritual element to it where he kind of has the repetition of, you know, like feel his spirit. Um, and he kind of has, you know, like kind of the hand claps in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it becomes very kind of like uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like I listen to normally when I, I do these, uh, these, you know, these podcasts, I, I tend to, I mean, you know, peek behind the curtain, you know, 500 something episodes <laughs> in. I tend to record many of them in a single day. I think the most I've done is like 21 in a single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't spend a lot of time re-listening to the songs over and over again. Certainly with the stuff from like the 80s and the 90s, I knew them all by heart, so there was no point in me doing that. Mm. Um, but for this track, you know, I hadn't listened to it probably, I don't know, five or six months since the last time I listened to it. Mm. And so I listened to it again this morning a few times through, and I, I found myself at points um, brought to tears uh, just because, like, it, it, it did kind of bring to mind, like, the, the idea of heaven is 10 zillion light years away. Just like the idea of Prince mm. talking about how, um, you know, no yesterday or tomorrow, no better remedy for mm. sorrow, mm. you know. And kind of, I don't know, this this weird thing of, like, uh, two unbroken circles joined together make a butterfly. Mm. And I was just like, I don't know, I, I found myself, um, I don't know, maybe for the first time in a little while, kind of, uh, you know, a bit emotional about kind of hearing Prince singing a song that... Mm. it wasn't recorded you know towards the end of his life you know it was re- it was recorded like five years before that yeah um but the sentiment in it feels like when he's like you know tell me how long you know yeah. like stuff like that where it's where uh, you can't help but think that this is 
you know, this is Prince. Like you say, the first half is not super political, yeah. but it is talking about history and mm. how, yeah. um, you know, everything that kind of black people have contributed and created, mm. and yet they're still at a disadvantage. Yeah. And then I do kind of like that Prince is, well, now I've got your attention. And then, you know, mm. the second the second half of the song I really enjoy uh, just because of, like, this sentiment of, um, you know, I'm running out of ways to say how I think mm. I'll just close for now. Like, like... Lines like that, that obviously, you know, when Prince recorded them, mm. you know, they didn't really have any kind of meaning attached to them. But now yeah. it's like, you know, why do we always seem so far away? It's like a sentiment that kind of now is, I mean, it's almost, mm. you know, as this episode goes up, it's been more than three years since Prince died. Yeah. And in, and even though there's a lot of people out there who are kind of keeping, you know, his, his particular kind of um, spirit or his brand going... Mm. Uh, it does feel like at this point that even though it's been three years, it feels a lot longer and it feels like, you know, um, you know, maybe we kind of before he'd even gone, maybe we'd kind of lost him a little bit anyway. Mm. Um, you know, if if you kind of know the details of, of what his life had kind of become towards the end and, yeah. you know, the grind that he'd been in. Mm. And I don't know, it's I, I, I personally, I would say five out of five for me. I love this song. Like, you know, when I first heard it, it was probably one of my favorite songs on this album. And I think even now, like it, it has even more meaning than it did when it came out mm. uh, for me. And I love like the the kind of the horn transition. I love Prince's singing. I love the backing vocals. I love everything about it. Um, but more importantly, it just it, like it feels like Prince, um, you know, taking inspiration. Obviously, he'd worked with Stevie Wonder like mm. a decade before this. Mm. Uh, you know, Stevie Wonder still hasn't released an album since that last album came out. So it since since that album to now, Prince, you know, Prince released like. 14 more albums mm. and Stevie Wonder hasn't released anything else uh, I think he released like one single like two years ago or something but he hasn't like put any material out but then during the 70s Stevie Wonder was sticking out you know album after album that was winning Grammy after Grammy yeah. so uh, you know what, what does Stevie Wonder have to do now he's got nothing left to prove but yeah. um, I don't know just like this the scent I mean I'm not a religious person but the sentiment of heaven is 10 zillion light years away like kind of the spiritual element of it and also uh, you know, it's not political in any way because you know it doesn't it doesn't have the same kind of history that this this song has. Mm. Um, but there's still this sentiment of like you know God abandoning someone and the question of you know where is your God now yeah. like that kind of that kind of question. And I think I kind of get an echo of that in this song. And uh, mm. you know maybe that's why I like it so much. It's just you know it, and it's interesting as well because you know Prince's final performance was uh, you know one week before his death on the 14th of April, mm. uh, 2016. And, you know, this 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 song was, you know, obviously it was a piano and a microphone tour. And, you know, Prince had only released this song about, you know, like what five months before this mm. before his final performance. And so, you know, he played it as part of the encore, you know, from Cream into Black Muse. And then yeah. he did How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was the first encore. And then the second encore yeah. was Waiting in Vain, which turned into If I Was Your Girlfriend. And then the third encore <laughs> was Sometimes It Snows in April, Purple Rain. Uh, Beautiful Ones and Diamonds and Pearls were both put into the coda of Purple Rain. So yeah. I'm sure everyone knows what the coda of Purple Rain sounds like. Mm. Um and, you know, that was like the final song that he performed was basically a mix of Purple Rain and Diamonds and Pearls, which, you know, probably his two biggest albums of his career. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of like that Black Muse was put in there because I'm sure for most people, you know, most of the songs that he he kind of played that night, um, you know, most people would have known. But I think maybe when will we be paid? Probably most people probably wouldn't have heard of. And yeah. Black Muse is kind of like the only the only song that was from phase two that he played. Yeah. Um, on his final, you know, kind of performance, he did make one more appearance, 
like three days later yeah. um there was like a, a party at uh, paisley park and he he made a minor appearance and, and played chopsticks on the piano apparently and that was his <laughs> uh final his final like appearance in public oh, um but yeah i don't know i just kind of i just like the the sentiment that's being expressed here even though it does kind of get a bit crazy with the whole kind of you know like yeah. a ufo sighting yeah. Uh, from my heart, I am writing the next Close Encounter. I think he only says a UFO sighting so he can make the, the kind of pun on uh, on Close Encounter. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think it's like a, a conspiracy thing. No, uh, but I don't know. I just kind of love the sentiment that's in here, which is you know these are the these are the achievements. Like the first half of the song is this is the achievements of of black people in America. Mm. You know, the black muse, and then the second half is kind of him looking to the future and saying, you know. Um, you no, know, yesterday or tomorrow. Just kind mm. of basically talking about there being no time, um, and how you know he's running out of ways. Mm. Uh, and I don't know. It just it it kind of has this weird finality for a song that was recorded five years before it was actually released. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I'm gonna give it a four. But you like just listening to that? I want to check out that Stevie Wonder song. And yeah, and like yeah, it just I don't know. As I said before, it's, I don't know, it just seems, yeah, because I'm just looking at the lyrics now, and it's like that thing where it's like, uh, will it produce the, oh, so will it be land on or new sea, will it produce the sun or the black moon daughter, or a pillow covered with all our tears a thousand light years away from here, and just, yeah, and just, yeah, it just kind of hits you in the, it hits you in the feels, <laughs> if I want to be a bit flippant about it, but yeah, I would say it's definitely a fall for me. As I said, I think it's a, a smidge long, but that would probably knock off maybe half a point. So I would say four at four. I'd say four. We'll leave it at that. You've, you've probably said a lot better in your little summary there. You've done a lot better than I would have had in my little summary anyway. Uh, it's kind of interesting as well that, you know, like the, the kind of the full band performance of this, they only ever did it once, and that was on the 15th of December 2010. So almost exactly five years before the song would eventually get released. <laughs> and I kind of love that. Like, you know, there was a point in the 80s with Prince where, you know, he recorded so much stuff that it kind of bled into the 90s and the mm. 2000s. And we were yep. still kind of getting tracks in like, you know, 2004 or five that he'd recorded in the 80s. Yep. Uh, and I think a little bit of that kind of finished as Prince went into the, you know, kind of into the into the year 2000. Because, mm. you know, when you look at something like Rainbow Children, basically it was all brand new music. Like there was nothing being pulled out of the vault. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's interesting here that Prince was starting to get back into that mindset of just recording a ton of songs, mm. leaving them to one side and then waiting for a project to kind of put them to. Mm. Um, and that to me suggests that maybe, you know, there was a hit and run three or four probably in the back of his mind, mm. you know, a bunch of songs. You know, there was, there's two or three songs that he recorded with uh, Third Eye Girl, which, you know, still have not had official releases and stuff. Yeah. So you know, we kind of only heard through, you know, stuff that had been tweeted on, you know, or put onto, you know, YouTube accounts and stuff. Mm. So, um, you know, I think Prince was kind of at the stage of building up a bunch of material and then just, you know, I mean, kind of putting together albums. Like, you know, yeah. there's an album that was unreleased from like 2011 called Welcome to America. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that happened to Prince a lot in the 80s where it was yeah. like, you know, here here's a bunch of stuff and he, it might be an album one day. And, mm. and that was, that was always seemed to be Prince's kind of, you know, the way that he operated was, you know, maybe these songs will eventually be on this album, mm. but maybe they won't, you yeah. know. And, you know, the fact that there's still kind of an unreleased album from, you know, the final five years of his life mm. kind of shows that maybe he was kind of getting back into things creatively towards the end. Yeah. Uh, and it is kind of a pity that it ended when it did. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I feel like we said about as much as we can about uh, Black Muse. So is there anything that you wish to plug, Victor? Uh, there's nothing for me to plug, but um, just a. Just want to say a big thank you for letting me do this to 
gab on about Prince for 50 episodes, which is a scary number of episodes. But yeah, look, thanks, Darren. And look, um, I'd be happy to just talk about Prince and try to get things out. And, you know, I'm not an expert as it's been shown in 50 episodes, but just as I said again, thanks, Darren, for letting me do this kind of thing. Um, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. You can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, three tracks from the end, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest here, Victor, this final time. No worries, all. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. And otherwise, goodbye. I just came to tell y'all From the darkest desperation To the highest bliss Power to the ones aware What's going on? What's going on? Everything good. Come on. Wherever we are, it's a big city. It's a big city.